You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill joined by Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. As always, we're going to take a trip around the NHL as we try to do once a week and we are going to start in Edmonton because a lot has been going on there and to do that we welcome in special guest Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. He covers the Oilers for The Athletic. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, Daniel. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to join you guys. I, I didn't realize anything was going on in Edmonton, so uh, <laughs> just uh, just sub zero yeah. temperatures. That's right. That's because you're just, holed up inside, Daniel. <laughs> yes, I don't know. If, uh, I have a little. I have a 19 month old, so we haven't left the house house too much. But uh, you know, I, I do know there's a few things going on in Edmonton. I'm sure we'll get to them here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let I'll let Craig kind of take this one away, Craig. I don't even know where to start with you, Daniel, after that uh, news conference the other night with Tip. Um, I mean, I guess I want to start with just the slide that this team's on right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, look, there, I, you'll, you can talk to a lot of league execs who will discuss the construction of this roster, and of course a lot of that was done before the current regime got there, before Kenny Holland got there, before Dave Tippett got there. But the problems with the construction of the roster, is that part of what we're seeing in this slide right now, the the, the holes at various points in the roster? Yeah, I would say um, throughout the – like they had a tremendous start, as everyone knows. They started 9-1. Uh, they were 16-5 through the first 21 games. And, and um, after they beat the Penguins on December 1st, they had the best points percentage in the league. Um but there were a lot of holes uh, and a lot of uh, things that were being masked during that during that uh, great stretch. Um, obviously, Leon Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid were, were were you know producing offense at you know two points per game. The power play uh, at a time was fifty percent, and even just a few games before the slide was still at forty percent. It's, it's dropped about ten percentage points right now. It's still, I believe, in first uh, in the league uh, in terms of its production, but it has fallen off a bit. Um, so when you have those two things, plus the goaltending, and, and obviously everyone talks about the depth uh, around this team uh, not being good enough, uh, it, you know, it, it, it all kind of has come to a head here in the last uh, month or so. Um, the only thing I would maybe take a little bit of issue with with what you said there, Craig, is is you know obviously you're right in the roster construction, but Ken Holland's fingerprints are now all over this team. This is uh, he's had three off seasons to uh, to work with this team, and last off season was the first one 
where he did actually have some cap space to um, to build the roster the way he wants. So when you look at this team, it's basically you know Leon Dr- uh, Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, uh, Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, and there might be one other, uh, Miko Koskinen, which is a big one. Um, that Ken Holland did not uh, have a role in either bringing to this team or re-signing. So um, you know when you look at some of the moves they made over the course of the offseason. You know, bringing in uh, Tyson, well, re-signing Tyson Berry, bringing in um, uh, Cody Cece, and then the big trade, uh, which was uh, Duncan Keith, uh, which has been much maligned here because of the salary that that uh, Keith makes um, for playing a bit more of a lesser role than he did, obviously, in Chicago uh, and, and not getting the Blackhawks uh, to retain any money in that deal. Um, you know, there's there's some some big moves that were made that, that haven't, I would say haven't fully panned out. Uh, the other one, obviously, is trading Ethan Bear, who is a much loved player here, uh, for Warren Fogle, who's basically been on the third line up, up until you know recently when they needed to um, to, sh- to move him up with uh, COVID and uh, issues and, and injury problems. Um, you know, they've they've a lot of the moves have not really worked out, and and the depth here, as you do as you did mention, Craig, uh, is an issue. And um, but Ken Holland has had a has had a big role in, in um, constructing the roster and. It, it hasn't really worked out uh, super well so far. Well, you mentioned Miko Koskinen, so that I, I wanted to talk about the other sort of news of the day. Um, that mm-hmm. was a, a that was a questionable signing when it was made. Obviously, uh, a parting gift, let's call it that, yeah. <laughs> from, from the previous regime. But mm-hmm. I we we all saw the news conference with Dave Tibbett. Uh, he he was pretty pointed in his criticism, and I, I was a little surprised actually. I'm curious, first of all, if you're surprised that. He basically threw Miko Koskinen under the bus there. He's walked that back a little bit since. So what's the issue with Miko? And and does on, on the flip side of that, so I'll, I'll leave this all on the table for you. D- does Dave Tippett have too much trust in Mike Smith? Well, um, Mike Smith, okay, well, we'll start with Mike Smith. I mean, Mike Smith, obviously, as, as you know, Craig, like they have a long you know relationship dating back to the Dallas days, really, like, Yep. Uh, he spent more uh, more than half of his career now, uh, or those two have, let me rephrase that, Mike Smith has spent more than half of his career uh, with Dave Tippett as his coach and as a, a goaltender who's about to turn 40 in March. That's, that's pretty remarkable in this day and age in the NHL. Um, so they clearly have a, a great rapport. Um, you know, they he's he signed three separate contracts now with the Oilers. Uh, this is his third year, and he's got another year on his deal. Um but, but uh, Mike Smith, again, he's about to turn 40, and, and tonight he's expected to start. It'll be just his sixth start of the year uh, in the Oilers. Uh, I think it's their 34th game. Uh, he's had two separate injuries. The, the first one kept him out for 26 games. Uh, it was this day-to-day issue that never seemed to get better, and then he re-aggravated it and was out for another month, and, and now he's you know he just had another setback here with a, with a different injury. Um, so when, when you look at Mike Smith, I mean, that was you know an issue where – uh, he had a very good year last year, finished seventh in Vesna, Vesna Trophy voting. If it wasn't for you know some of the other guys, Drysaddle, McDavid, maybe Darnell Nurse as well, he, he was you know probably their their best player. Um, the problem is again his age and giving him the two year contract, which which did allow them not to uh, get get tied up in performance bonuses. But um, it was clear that he was going to play a, a, a large role should he have been healthy uh, on this team. Now the problem was obviously they were for the last two off seasons they tried to upgrade the goaltending and it hasn't worked out. Um, obviously they you know one guy they were in on last season was to try to get Dar- Darcy Kemper out of Arizona, mm-hmm. um, and and I, they were outbid by uh, by Colorado. Well, they needed to move Miko Koskinen to do that, and that as you mentioned, Craig, that that contract uh, that Peter Shrelly signed him to 
on the on the day before he was fired. It was just remarkable. I mean, obviously the the rest of the uh, hockey ops and and, uh, and uh, you know management and, and ownership has a has a has a role to play in that signing as well. Um, but a truly bizarre signing. He had spent uh, seven or eight years out of the NHL and had played 27 games for the Oilers to that point. There was really no reason to sign up for that contract. Got a three-year extension for, for $4.5 million a year. Um, and aside from that first year of the deal, he played fairly well. He had a 9.17 save percentage that year. But the last two years, you know, he has not come anywhere close to being, uh, you know, the type of starter uh, that would, uh, you know, be worthy of having that type of contract. And it's really coming to a head now. Um, his problems have really come when Mike Smith has been injured. He started, Mike Smith had a, had a 13 game stretch at the start of last season where he was injured. Um, and obviously as I've talked about the injuries this season. So when Koskinen has had to play a lot, he's really struggled when he's been able to work in tandem with, with Mike Smith, you know, he's, he's fared all right. Um, the problem is he allows too many bad goals, too many goals, uh, either on the first shot or early in games that really deflate the team. Um, and, you know, it just came to a head. Like, the Oilers have, have only scored the first goal in 10 games this year. It, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. And um, for him to allow the goal that he did, you know, in the first, uh, the first five minutes uh, that really set the Oilers back on Monday night, uh, just deflated them. They're clearly a team that is struggling. They're clearly a team that, that lacks confidence. And to allow a goal uh, of that manner that early in a game was, was really deflating to them. Now, Tippett, as you mentioned, Craig, has kind of walked back uh, his comments today. But, you know, yesterday he, he kind of, in a way, doubled down on them, saying that he didn't like the third goal that Koskinen allowed in that game either. So um, it's clear that, you know, he's, he's trying to cover a little bit now, but his comments, uh, you know, uh, are, are pretty evident in, in how he feels about the goaltending situation. And it'll be, you know, it's an area that, the, the frankly, the team needs to upgrade. It's, a, it's very challenging to be able to do that at, at this point of the year. There aren't very many options available. They're costly to try to do that. And, of course, Koskinen and his salary and the fact that he has a, a no move or no trade clause, rather, to half the teams in the league makes it very hard to move this goaltender. But uh, they need to do something, and uh, they need to do it quick. And, I mean, it, it seems like it's a last resort, but they could always wave him and send him to the minors where their, their best goalie this season has been uh, Stuart Skinner, who's, who's back in the minors with, with Mike Smith back. So a lot of problems there, um, but something that really needs to be rectified quickly because they can't have this goaltending much longer. Daniel, one of the things we want to talk about is our former head coach here, Dave Tippett, who, mm-hmm. who was well-liked by the players, the media, the team. He had the most success of any uh, team in, in the Coyotes' history. So now you hear his name being associated with he's next on the block. It's going to be Dave Tippett. And I, I guess Vancouver helped push this along by getting Bruce Boudreau in there and look at the success they're having under their new coach. Mm-hmm. And Edmonton can do the same thing. But you can get rid of Dave Tippett, but you still got Mike Smith who's going to get hurt again because he just does. He had, he's had two good years in the last 12, let's be honest. And so that's not going to go away. The depth isn't going to get better. COVID's still going to – McDavid's still on the COVID list. So does changing Dave Tippett really make the difference? Or – is it to the point with the Edmonton media and the, the Edmonton fan base that this is the quickest, easiest, best solution is to get rid of Dave Tippett? What's the feeling there on tip? Yeah, well, this is obviously the old saying where you can't trade 20 guys, right? And, and, and firing a coach is, is the easiest, easiest thing to do because it's one guy. There's no salary cap, there are no salary cap implications with, with changing a coach. But yeah, I mean, your points are, are valid in the sense that it doesn't change the roster. Um, you know, there are a lot of things 
uh, with the roster that, that are clearly wrong, as we've talked about from, from goaltending on out. Um, yeah, there, the, the one thing, though, is the, there's the, kind of that new car smell with bringing in a new coach uh, that could maybe give them a bump. Uh, not a lot of coaches, especially with the, with the team with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the primes of their career with them supposed to be winning now, um, that can survive a stretch of these last 12 games where they've won just two of them. And those two wins coincidentally came when Dave Tippett wasn't on the bench when he was out with COVID. Now he was, you know, playing a large role in, in you know, helping the coaching staff behind the scenes and whatnot. But, you know, Oilers fans are, are kind of out for blood. And, and I do understand because this is a team, like I said, that's supposed to win now. So, you know, there's that push and pull uh, kind of situation there where, you know, the, the coach can only coach the players in front of them. But there have been some kind of puzzling moves lately, I would say, you know, um, uh, one is, you know, moving Devin Shore up uh, to the top six uh, when Ryan Nugent Hopkins got injured. He's clearly not a top six player. They had, uh, I talked about Warren Fogle. That was a case where, you know, that was, you know, a case where they could have moved him up. Um, they've dressed uh, seven defensemen in the game and then decided not to play the seventh defenseman. And then Ryan Nugent Hopkins got injured. Um, leaving them with 10 forwards. So there, there were some odd kind of, you know, puzzling decisions there. Um, but the other side of it is you look at the general manager of this team, and that's Ken Holland. Uh, was just went into the Hockey Hall of Fame, one of the kind of the, the elder statesmen in terms of GMs in this league. And his MO is not to fire coaches. Uh, and all the, you know, he's been a general manager since uh, 97, 98 season. And I believe he's had four coaches, um, you know, you know, so he does not fire, it might be five. Uh, but he does not fire coaches, and he does not fire them in season. So it's it's. Uh, I would say things would really have to go off the rails. You know, you can argue that they already have, but I think things would really have to go south uh, for uh, Ken Holland to to fire Dave Tippett. Couple more things, Daniel. Um, if it's not Tip, and I'm not saying that that would be the cure all anyway, but what can realistically be done to remedy the roster issues here, given the cap constraints? And some of those contracts that you talked about. Well, I would say uh, part of it in the last 12 games is they are getting a bit of uh, a bad luck around the net. And, and they're not producing offense at the way that, that they have uh, earlier this year. Now, again, a lot of that is uh, predicated on McDavid and Dreisaitl struggling a bit. And, and uh, when I say struggling, struggling meaning I, a point per game. Yeah. I would say that in jest. Exactly. Yeah. McDavid yeah. has uh, yeah. 13 points in the last 12 games. And, and dry settle is 11 in the last 12 games, you know, point a game. It, most players in the league would kill for that type of production. Um, but again, that does kind of mask that, you know, th- this team really does not have the depth to, um, to fare well when those two guys aren't, aren't producing two points a game. Um, you know, there's Jesse Pugliarvi and, and Zach Hyman um, that produce a bit on f- at five on five. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, vast majority of his production has come on the power play and, and um, now he's out of course. So, uh, what can they do? Well, you know, you look at, at kind of tinkering. They, they could use at least two top nine forwards. A uh, third line center is, is, is paramount for this team. Uh, they need some, some support uh, on, on defense as well. And we've already talked about goaltending. Now they have very little cap room to do it and they're in uh, LTIR. So it's basically money and money out transactions. And they'd have to move guys that have bad contracts like Koskinen. Uh, like maybe Kyle Turris or, or, or Zach Cassian. So um, they're kind of, they're kind of stuck. They can, again, uh, I think when you look at the um, kind of uh, immediate or, or uh, internal fixes, it's, it, it probably is going to have to come down to, to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl producing 
more, which is um, it's tough when they're when they're you know at a point per game uh, uh, stretch and need to get back up to probably closer to that two points. Now McDavid is out uh, with COVID uh, for tonight's game against Toronto. Uh, the Oilers are lucky in the sense that four of their next five scheduled games um, have been postponed due to Canadian um, uh, attendance restrictions. So McDavid, barring something completely unforeseen, will not miss much time. Uh, you know, with 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 this COVID protocol, um, and that's obviously good news for the Oilers because uh, they desperately need him back and, and producing. So last thing, then Daniel, how much pressure are they under? To what does the pressure point look like? They, this team has to make the playoffs, right? Or, oh yeah. Or, Heads roll, right? And and I, I also wonder, you know, expectations of players like McDavid and Drysell. How about that? All factors into this. Yeah, you're right. They they need to make the playoffs. There's no there's no other way around it. Uh, they made them the last two years. I mean, call the bubble situation what it is. That, it, but they were uh, fifth in the conference at that point, and and we're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, they they kind of blew it against Chicago there, but. Um, with the moves that Ken Holland made this offseason and the money that they put into um, what they thought was upgrading this team um, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the primes of their career, missing the playoffs is just not an option. And uh, obviously, we've already talked about Dave Tippett and, and his uh, um, uh, status with this team. He's in the last year of his contract. If there's pressure on him now, uh, and, and him being on the you know the the hot seat and the firing line now, if they miss the playoffs, there's obviously no way he comes back. Um, how they would revamp this roster is is a bit of a mystery to me because they just signed all these guys to long term contracts. Um, there's very little kind of wiggle room and uh, flexibility here. Um, so I think again they're going to need to make some in season moves. I, I I think that will happen at some point. Um, Ken Holland, uh, in his two seasons as general manager, has only made uh, moves the day before and the day of the trade deadline. Um, so I think that's kind of what he was hoping to do. But if things continue, he's going to have to make a move sooner than later um, because things just, you know, they just cannot continue to go on, uh, you know, in, in this uh, in this manner. So, um, yeah, you're right. Missing the playoffs is not an option. Um, I, I have a hard time you know, believing that this slide will continue for too much longer and that they will miss the playoffs. Um, but stranger things have happened in, in the courses of, uh, of NHL seasons. And, um, you know, they, they, they'll have to do something if things continue to, to make sure that, 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 that doesn't happen. Well, Daniel, thank you so much um, for joining our show and giving us some insight into the Oilers. Um, can people find you on Twitter if they want to follow along your reporting mm-hmm. for The Athletic? Absolutely. You can follow me at uh, DNB Sports, so my initial and then the word sports. And uh, yeah, follow my work at The Athletic. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure being on Great. with you guys. I really yeah, thank you it. so yeah. much. We will see what happens in tonight's game <laughs> against the Leafs. <laughs> Everyone can keep tabs on that one. So Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for taking the time, Daniel. Thank you so much, Daniel. Have a for great sure. one. You know, I think that uh, thinking about the Oilers and the whole experiment with having so many first overall picks. It's just, and seeing their struggles now, it's just a lesson. I think for coyotes fans, it's like, okay, yes, we can have all these number one picks, but you really have to build the team from the ground up and think about long-term longevity too. And I think, you know, looking at the Oilers now, it's just for, from a coyotes fan perspective to kind of temper (laughs) your expectations a little. That's my takeaway. 
I mean, they missed on some of those picks too, and that's going to happen. Um, but it, yeah, it, you talk about a, a franchise that has been given more opportunity than most in terms of the draft. Edmonton is the the poster child for that, and they still haven't managed to enjoy any kind of playoff success with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on their roster. And again, it's because of what you just talked about. It's it's a top heavy roster construction without the necessary depth to have the kind of, uh, you know, you need that depth in the playoffs to have any sort of success and they just don't have it. And now they're, they're mostly handcuffed in how they go about acquiring it. Yeah. Just um, two wins in their last 12 tonight against the Le- the Leafs, they're plus 240 underdogs. Mike Smith will be in net. So if you have a feeling one way or another on how that game's going to go, you can head over to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and bet. You can bet the puck line, the money line, the over-under. The over-under right now said it's six. So if you think Mike Smith is going to let in a lot, go ahead and get on, on that now. Um, and you can do all of that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week, new customers who sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet $5 on any football team to win their game and they do, you'll win $200 in free bets. So be sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and place that $5 bet on any football team to get your $200 in free bets. Um, that's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And on the subject of sportsbook, just we just want to touch on the Coyotes announcement today, which felt like it came way after all the other sportsbook announcements in the Valley um, that because the Coyotes, <laughs> yes, um, are partnering with, um, well, Morello Gaming announced the launch of Sahara Bets, um, which will be a Coyotes official sports betting partner, and their app will launch in Arizona on January 12th. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I expected this at some point. I, I didn't know how they were going to manage it without the physical space to create a sports book. They don't have that. They're not going to do that with Glendale unless for some unforeseen reason, they end up going back to Glendale and just signing a long-term agreement with Glendale to stay there because everything else falls through, but they, they opted to go the, just the, uh, the, the handheld route for now. Um, with an app. I, I expect them to have a space at some point, especially if, uh, if Tempe goes through, but I, they're, they're in the game late. I, I don't understand. Even if you knew that you didn't have the space, I don't understand why they waited so long to get into this, but you know, there, there are business decisions. Maybe they had other things on their plate. I, I'm not sure it really matters in the end. I mean, if, if the, the business is out there and I've seen some of the projections for what it could mean for the coyotes, it's, it's, it's crazy money we're talking about. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to all come down to when they get a new arena, when they put the physical space, that's when you're going to see this really take off. I, to me, I don't know, I'm not a marketing guy, but play one here on the show. This <laughs> this is four months too late. Like everybody else got a strong foothold in the, the, the digital handheld um, sportsbook apps, including our very own DraftKings sportsbook book app people are creatures of habit they've used it they know what they know the ease of it to make a change uh, we'll see i think it's going to be the physical space but it's definitely gives us something else to talk about and you know the biggest thing it might bring more money into morello's pocket which maybe reflects to maybe what he can provide to an honest product um well that's the latest in coyotes news we touched on the jacob chikrin rumors on our post game show last night so we won't continue to get into that because 
if you've listened to any of our shows in the last two weeks, you know where we all stand on that and what the reporting and the facts are. So we will move on to the other Coyotes news, which is always watching the bottom of the standings. Um, <laughs> we had mentioned <laughs> that Montreal is, you know, close ahead, close ahead, I guess, of the Coyotes um, by just a few. But on the on the flip side, it's actually crazy to look at the top of the standings, both both in the East and the West, because the Eastern Conference playoff picture and the Western Conference playoff picture are a little bit different in terms of how things are shaking out right now. Yeah, I mean, to the in the Eastern Conference, to me, we already know who the playoff teams are. I mean, it's like already decided. I know there's a little bit of a Detroit's in play with. With Bo- there's no way they're 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 overtaking the Boston Bruins and making the playoffs. Boston has five games in hand. They already have a lead on them. Boston's not missing the playoffs. We have our eight playoff teams in the East, which is crazy to be talking about. You know, thirty some games into the season, and then you look at the West. Thirteen of the sixteen teams are really still alive. Of course, the Coyotes are not <laughs> one of those teams, but it's it's wide open in the in the Pacific Division in particular. Like basically everybody is in play other than Seattle in that division. Um, there's some good races out there, but again, the East just looks over to me, which is really anticlimactic this early <laughs> in the season. Yeah, you might be right. I, 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 I temper that a little bit because we do have 50 games left and you got teams down in that are out of the playoff picture that I did not picture there. And then the Islanders come to the Islanders. Me. I picked them to win the cup in our yeah. p- prediction show. Yeah. You know, coming back. They're I'm one upset. of the teams that did that, that you put a, a big maybe on. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Detroit, I don't think is going to be there. I think Boston's in too. I, I am surprised of the teams that are out of the playoff picture in the East. The one that surprised me the most is the Islanders. But you got to look at in the Central Division, the Coyotes Division. Look how far Nashville has come since we've done our last around insane, huh? the, around the the NHL. The, Nashville was a team that was on the outside looking in, and now they're on leaving the Central. Against yeah. you know Colorado and St. Louis and Minnesota, yeah. um, Colorado so does have five games in hand, but yeah, it's I, I didn't see this coming at all from Nashville. No, Colorado still look at their winning percentage. I mean, Colorado is yeah. still the team to beat in the West. They're just not getting their games in, and how does that affect them as the season goes on? Because you're going to have to condense schedule, and does that does that affect them? That clearly, they're a playoff team, but but home ice advantage, President's Trophy, winning the division is all going to be dependent on how difficult that schedule is, and can they stay healthy? You know, you got Vancouver with a bump of eight one and one over their last ten eight straight wins. You know, is that a mirage? I, we just talked about coaching with Dave Tippett a few minutes ago in the Oilers, and that change can give you a little bit of a boost. You still are who you are at the end of the day. Boudreaux has gone into the locker room and has made it a fun place to play. But in a few more weeks, when they're looking for guidance and X's and O's and how do we beat our opponents, and that's not there, that meat's not there instead of just the rah-rah play harder, I I just don't see this lasting for the Vancouver Canucks. That's my opinion. I think this is short-lived, and I think you might get a couple more games out of it. It's not a playoff team. For sure. Well, one team that we predicted to be atop their division, and they are, is Vegas. And right now, everyone's kind of asking the same question. It's now 2022. The calendar has changed. Jack Eichel, when is is he going to play? What is his progress going to be and I think I personally not that I forgot about Jack Eichel but I like I said oh yeah <laughs> like that's still a thing so um, I see that he has been skating but not taking contact um, but it's looking like or it's being discussed end of yeah. January 
Yeah, I, I, I would be stunned if he came back before the All-Star break. That wouldn't make much sense. But Jack Eichel said all along that he wanted to play three months after surgery, and that would be in February, you know, after the All-Star break. If he comes back and and he he looks like the Jack Eichel of old, uh, I mean, we've talked about this. Vegas's problem all along has been at center position. They just have not been strong enough up the middle. He could really change things. Of course, you mentioned in the notes, too, that Max Pacioretty's out now indefinitely after a wrist surgery. So Vegas has all sorts of issues with injuries this season. But when they get healthy, this could be a really interesting team to watch in the playoff push. Um, we, they've already been a cup contender for the last few years. But adding a guy like Eichel, going to be interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, though. You look at that team, and, you, and I agree with you, Craig. This is a team we've said from the beginning is a team that can challenge for the, the Western title and potentially a Stanley Cup. But the issue all season long has been injuries. Yep. Their top players up front have been hurt all year. Someone's consistently been out of that lineup and now it's Pacioretty's turn and this could be long term can Eichel fill that hole any sooner than the first week of February no I I don't believe he will and then when he does come back now you're changing your locker room and I know people think oh it's it's not that big a deal it's a big deal he's going to take ice time from somebody else that's been in that locker room for a very long time who's earned their spot has friends sitting next to him and now Eichel's taking that ice time Eichel's going to have to really show that he's a team player that he wasn't able to do in Buffalo because in Buffalo, he was the guy. It's me. It's the Jack Eichel show. It can't be the Jack Eichel show in Vegas for it to work. Similar to what Taylor Hall did in Boston, where it was no longer the Taylor Hall show on the second line. He's getting different ice time. It's worked for Taylor Hall. It's, it makes him a better player in Boston, a better team. I, I think that's the plan for Jack Eichel in Vegas, that he has a smaller role, but he fits in with those players. But they're going to have to get healthy if they're going to make a run. You know, you can't miss Stone, Petcharetti, Carlson, Marcheseau as a revolving door if you're going to make, be able to make it the long haul through the playoffs. For sure. So we will keep tabs um, on Vegas in that situation because that will be extremely interesting. Um, you know, speaking of people coming back from long absences. There's still the question of Carey Price in Montreal. Um, will he play this season? If he does, will the Canadians trade him? If they do, do teams want him? Um, everything like that. Obviously, the the first priority would be, you know, him being in a, a mentally good place. And that's obviously everyone's top priority for him. But, you know, assuming that he gets to that place, what what do the Canadians do with Carey Price? I'm fascinated by this one, and I know a lot of people are speculating about it. Look, Carey Price's contract is really, really difficult to manage for anybody. You're talking about a cap hit of $10.5 million for four more seasons after this season. He's 34 years old. That's danger zone, although I think goalies can play later into their careers, and he's been clearly a generational goalie. Um, but... How do, you, how do you get him in? Like, But we're, we're just talking about Daniel Nugent-Bowman. What does Edmonton need? They need goaltending desperately. But can you imagine them going after Carey Price? I mean, you, first of all, you'd have to have retained salary with Montreal. But even then, how do you work it in? And then what does that do to Edmonton's cap structure in, in terms of trying to do anything else for that roster? I don't know if they can. I don't know if any team can take on Carey Price that's looking to uh, contend for a cup. And that's that's the reason you'd go and get a player like that. Yeah, I don't think Carey Price is he's the answer for anybody right now. That contract's too deep. He hasn't played this season. He played 25 last season. He hasn't – everybody's got a young goalie that they're trying to bring along, whether it's Ivan Prozvatov for the Coyotes or somebody in their system. I know 
you talk about the team that really needs goaltending is Edmonton. They're sure as hell ain't going to take a chance on Carey Price, who hasn't played all year. I don't know how you move him. He's taken up your cap and he's not playing. Unfortunately, you know, you take care of your mental health first and hopefully everything in his life is going better, but his hockey career is in, in serious jeopardy right now. Yeah, well, once again, another storyline that we will keep tabs on. There's a lot of storylines this NHL season, um, and obviously there's always a lot of Coyotes storylines, including for this Coyotes team looking ahead to the future. And Craig just this week published another prospect report. So if you can't quite stomach the Coyotes um, only having – is it still only six wins? Yeah, I thought you were going to say stomach Craig's writing. No, if you can't quite stomach the the uh, the rebuild, look ahead to the future, um, and you can read everything that Craig has to say about uh, the the prospects. Just get some hope for the future. Petey and I do down the I ten um, a couple times a month if you want to see what's going on in Tucson. So trying to give you well rounded Coyotes coverage here at PHNX. So be sure to become a member at GoPHNX, um, where you'll get access to all the written content for Coyotes for all of the sports teams as well. You can get access to our members-only Discord. There's members deals on merchandise. So just a lot of perks to becoming a member, become part of our family here at PHNX. Um, and like I said, all, all of the stories that Craig writes, that's where you'll get them by becoming a member. Um, and it's super reasonable. You can do your first month, 50 cents. If you just want to try it, if you want to sign up for an annual membership, you can get a shirt and our shirts are incredible. So just saying, so. Yeah, if you want the content other than if you're a sports fan in the state of Arizona, you want more than a box score uh, or a game recap. I, I think this is this not, I think it is the only place to find that content is at gophnx.com with what Craig's talking about, whether it's arenas or deals or trades or staffing or whatever it is that comes down the pipe with uh, the coyotes. It's not going to be a quick tweet. It's going to be an in-depth um, reporting on that. So, it is honestly, if you're a hockey fan, there is no other outlet in the state of Arizona. As much as I might tease Craig, that is true. <laughs> I think his ego can handle it. We say we say we're a family here at PHNX, and we tease each other like we're part of the family. Craig, in my, fact, texted much older brother us, turning us to disconnect uh, from the Bluetooth the other day because he meant to text his own family group chat, and he confused it with <laughs> me and Petey. So that just goes to show you. How much of a family we are here. Right. You got, yeah, you guys are you're my second most prevalent group chat on, on my phone. Yeah, behind my, <laughs> my own family. <laughs> it was funny, though, Craig. I mean, this is a true story. He texted Lee and I, get off your Bluetooth. You're messing with my stereo. <laughs> and at that time, I was just playing with my Apple TV. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. What's, like, did I somehow connect this? My technology is taking over Craig's stereo? Because I was literally using my phone as a remote. And I'm like, oh, no, it did something. And <laughs> did I really do something? <sighs> yeah. Digress. Quick hitters, Leah? Quick, Quick hitters, hitters now? Yeah, we just have to – we're just going to fire through these. Um Winner, the Winter Classic was the most watched regular season game on cable with nearly 1.4 million viewers, the most watched game of the season. Um, so good for the NHL on that one. <laughs> good for the NHL, cold. but why put six games against it? That was idiotic. Why do you schedule other games when that game's going on? I have no idea. No clue. So no clue. applaud the NHL for putting it on, but what the hell are you doing with your schedule makers? Make that the only yes. game, for goodness sakes. Yep. And maybe not on January 1st, competing against college bowl games would be my other... I do like the New Year's Day thing. I think the New Year's thing's got to stay, Leah. Yeah. 
Just saying. Sorry. Well, I guess and if I you're going to watch hockey, you're going to watch hockey. And all I want, all I ever wanted, I want one of those damn leather jackets. That's what I wanted. I wanted the leather <laughs> sleeves coyote jacket when I worked there. That's all I ever wanted. Like, well, we can just make ever our get own. An outdoor game? Exactly. Oh, we'll just yeah, make our own game. in the PHNX, the PHNX locker. jacket. Someday. Oh, yeah. just... That will be come out the same time as the PHNX cycling outfit for Craig. Black with the white <laughs> sleeves. I like it. Craig, oh will God. we get an outdoor game? Will the Arizona Coyotes ever play in an outdoor game? They need, they need a, to get an I arena mean, first. They need an arena first. <laughs> then they can get an all-star game. Um, I, I still want them to host the draft here. I asked Gary Bettman this, this so one time. He said, are you nuts? I said, yeah. you hosted in Vegas. It's the same temperature. I might skip that one, but the All-Star but, game. But he did bring up a good point. He said, Craig, you can stay indoors in Vegas. You can walk miles in Vegas and stay indoors the whole time. You can't do That's that. That's true. I think the draft would be miserable here. <laughs> Maybe Austin yeah. Matthews can be at center ice when they when they drop the ceremonial puck for the first outdoor game in Arizona. You one mean taking the face off? Yeah. yeah, taking for it for the Coyotes. Yeah. Well, clearly. That's <laughs> it's right. not. Oh. We'll upset Toronto again. <laughs> Because I know their their management could do us as a big listener of the show. So, <laughs> hey, you never know. Never um, know. All right. Ovechkin scored his 275th power play goal, which is just insane. I still think he's going to catch Gretzky all time. Do you both still – do you both think that? Still? Absolutely. No? Yeah. Absolutely. If, if I mean, uh, barring some health issues, I, I don't see how he doesn't. It's just I hope – when he breaks the record and, and even the power play goal, like let's have a one timer from that dot that just blows by a goalie. Did you see the one last night? It just dribbles through Grace's legs. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. Like, but when he finally does it, I hope it's laying on his back like he did here at Gila River. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like there that. for that goalie. game. Yeah. That's the kind of goal I want to see. Like, just pounding one from the, the dot, just blowing by some guy's ear. That's what I want to see. So it's only 25 so. behind Gordy Howe now. Only 25. That's insane. unreal, man. That's insane. Well, that one, that one excites me. Uh, yeah. Next little piece of news. We're just jumping all around. It's fine. Going down the list. The Flames Arena deal is officially um, dead. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. The construction was supposed to start earlier this year. The deal was terminated due to unresolved issues. Um, the city of Calgary and the Flames were going to have a new downtown arena that would cost $600 million and both parties had already spent 20 to 25 million on this, but un- those unresolved issues, man, it's nice to read about another team with arena. issues. <laughs> I don't know if it's nice. I mean, they, not that, nice, that just, like, city needs a, a new arena. I mean, I that, that place was literally fan, underwater. Like, it was underwater <laughs> 10 yeah. rows up. That place is so antiquated; it's crazy. But it's, it's so iconic they, looking. It is. I. I mean, that's that's the that's the nice thing you say about old things. People. Yeah, but they they either got to, they're gonna now they're at an impasse here. This was a in my just humble opinion, they blew it here because this is something that they're gonna okay now we got to put money into the saddle dome if we're gonna stay in Calgary they have to like the building is is beyond disrepair and you talk about the oldest building in the league is Madison Square Garden they put a billion dollars into Madison Square Garden and upgrades so yeah and it's, it's not even the same times. class yeah, yeah it's not the same class as the saddle dome saddle domes in poor disrepair it, it needs structural fixes building fixes it needs to keep up with modern times and they were so close to getting a brand new building in a market that could appreciate it and could use it and could sell tickets and market it like it's not going to be an empty building it's going to be full and so they got to be arguing over small amounts when i say small amounts, yeah. not for me but 10 but to 20 million yeah. dollars yeah. 
and they missed the boat. And now how much longer is it going to be to get to this point again? They're going to have to start construction on the Saddle Dome almost immediately to get that thing fixed. And that's unfortunate because they were so close for a fan base and a team that really needed a building. No, they could go to Houston. <laughs> Not serious. Quebec City? <laughs> Do you see Jay Fresh's tweet? It was it, a joke, and a lot of people took it seriously, saying that they were going to play in Glendale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. The Flames might have a better chance of playing in Glendale than the Coyotes next that's season. That's true, though, and so, that building know? is actually in better shape than the Saddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. way better shape. Yeah, I, I like Keeler River Arena. So. Yeah, I know. Anyway. As, as a building, it's a great building. All right, and the last thing we just want to touch on, uh, John Chaika, former GM of the Coyotes, his suspension from the NHL is officially done. Mm-hmm. What's next for John Chaika? I don't know. You see a lot of reports out there. Some of them I don't think make a lot of sense. Like I saw his name linked to Chicago. I don't see that happening. Um, but, you know, it's amazing how how time can can heal these wounds. And I think there's there, there may be some franchises out there that are still interested in what John Chaika can bring. So will he get a second chance? I don't know for certain, but... Once you're in this game, once you're in this game and you've served in that capacity, it's amazing how many more opportunities people get. Yeah. I mean, John Chick is still a, a young man. Like yeah. with his resume, he's going to get a chance to work in the National Hockey League if that's what he chooses to do. Now, having said that, we talked about Kenny Holland earlier in the show. Guy won Stanley Cups. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. And you're talking about what a bad team he put together. So is, is John Chica going to be the answer somewhere else? Gosh, I, I don't know. I John Chaika's head's going to pop up somewhere. He he might be the president of an NFL team at some point. Like I I wouldn't put anything past John Chaika on what his sports career could bring him. Will he end up in the NHL this season? Ah man, I I, I just I don't know. I I don't see it this season. Over the off season in the summer, can I see him coming on as some some advisor to the general manager or some other role potentially? But I don't see him being a GM before the end of this hockey season. He'll be back in the league if he chooses to be. Yeah. Well, that's our uh, around the NHL. We hit on a lot. There's always more, but <laughs> that's all we got for you today. Um, as always, please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're following. Make sure you're liking and subscribing and leaving us a review. All of that is super helpful to us. Um, and head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe there, PHNX Sports. We will be back with a post-game show for tomorrow's Coyotes game against the Blackhawks live after that game. So if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll never miss a post-game show. Um, you can follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. Um, and like we said, all of your support means so much to us. Um, also, be sure to check out the PHNX Locker. We always appreciate when people tweet at us photos of them in the shirts. I feel like the purple Cody the Coyote was like the shirt that people were wearing at the game last night, which love to see. So continue to send us those. We appreciate it. Um, and we will be back live with you tomorrow night after the Coyotes game. So until then, have a great rest of your day, everyone, and a great day tomorrow as well.